Welcome to the Vision for the Valley podcast. I am your host, Joseph Velarde. In this podcast, we will discover the gym that is the Lehigh Valley and learn from people from all walks of life. Welcome to another episode of the Vision for the Valley podcast. I'm so excited for you to be able to join us today as I've got my good buddy, my good friend, Jordan, who's one of the owners, founders of Seven Sirens Brewery and has been a huge encouragement to me personally, but also to what we've done in the community, whether that's with Night to Shine, Generosity Feeds, which was a feeding event that we did to fight hunger. We packed and distributed over 10,000 meals. They have been such an asset to us and to the local community. Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and Seven Sirens. Thanks for having me, Joe. I appreciate you. And you know that and everything you guys do. And I, we're, we're happy and proud to be a part of everything you guys do. Um, but uh, to answer your question, so my name is Jordan Cerolnik. I, uh, I grew up here in the Lehigh Valley, um, graduated from Emmaus uh, a little bit ago, and then, uh, you know, grew up kind of with, um, you know, community focus in mind. My parents were always uh, making sure we were helping out in the community one way or another. And then when I graduated, I felt uh, led to the military. I wanted to serve uh, my country, not just my community. Um, so uh, I left for the military for six years, traveled the world, saw all different kinds of cool things, and uh, moved back to the Lehigh Valley with a, a different perspective and different motivation. And, uh, you know, when I got back to Lehigh Valley, um, you know, I was, I was looking for more. You know, I, I saw what was happening in the Lehigh Valley um, with, all of the new development and all the, you know, the community just sprouting up everywhere over the last 10 years has been absolutely amazing. And, you know, I wanted to be able to bring my own unique perspectives and new, new, new worldly views and all these cool things back to Lehigh Valley and, uh, you know, bring people together. You know what I mean? That was the number one thing that I saw and loved all throughout the planet that, uh, there is a lot more that brings us together than separates us. And I wanted to, you know, make a business that exemplifies that. That's awesome, man. <clears throat> That's so good. And Jordan, I was going to ask you, when did you graduate high school? Just for point of reference to show your age a little bit. 2007. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, you still look, you still look forever young in my book, man. And uh, hey, thanks for your service as well, man. We're so grateful for all those who uh, decide to sign up and to fight for our freedoms and grateful for you and, and your family and, and what you guys have, have given. Uh, for us as a, as a country and a nation. So grateful for that. And um, one of the things I wanted to talk with you a little bit is I wanted to ask you, because your concept is somewhat unique, at least from my perspective and vantage point to what's in the Valley. Um, so I wanted to ask you, tell us a little bit about the concept of Seven Sirens Brewery, just for people who have never been there and even how that went about going from a, a thought to actually get, getting going um, in, in the process with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as I said, Joe, when I was, when I was traveling the planet and meeting different people and, uh, you know, when I was in the Navy, I, I had one or two beers with different, uh, friends all over the planet. And, you know, I, I kind of saw how in other countries, beer culture is a little bit different than it is here in the United States. Um, without boring you with a history lesson, um, that has a lot to do with prohibition and the United States being actually, you know, behind with all that you know when we came out of the prohibition it was just a couple companies there was no small town breweries there was no those community gathering spots that all over the planet still uh, got to enjoy 
So when I came back to the United States, um, you know, I was looking for all that stuff. I was looking for the, the community beer gardens. I was looking for you know, these community arts, you know, uh, establishments, all these kinds of things. And um, I, I saw a lot of like clicks of different things around different areas, but um, I thought that it was a unique opportunity to bridge all those gaps, right? So, um, you know, when I was in the military, you know, I did get to learn that, you know, artists are just as important as engineers or as important as firefighters, as important as trash men, or as, you know what I mean? And doctors, like we yeah. all very, very uh, diverse uh, picture and culture. And, um, you know, it should all be celebrated. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's my idea of celebrating diversity. It's bringing people together that wouldn't typically cross paths for any particular reason and learning that, Hey, like, you're, you're not a, a horrible person. And we actually have a lot of things in common. So when I was de designing Seven Sirens, we were looking for a space that was large enough for large community gatherings, different events, um, stuff like that. Um, we wanted live music. We wanted to have local food and art vendors there all the time. And, uh, you know, we had in our business plan and our business model that, you know, community engagement and, and people coming together will never be out of style for three weeks after we open and then a pandemic hit and <laughs> um so it's it's a unique unique challenge um that we're we're facing right now but um you know to get it from idea to actual brick and mortar it did take us three years and um that three years consisted of uh you know in the beginning conceptualizing and doing tons of research understanding uh you know why these things don't exist or where they exist and you know, we were finding out that it does exist just in uh, larger metropolitan areas where there is a lot more diversity, right? So Philadelphia, New York, even Pittsburgh, uh, Harrisburg, even there was stuff like that. But I felt that in the Lehigh Valley, there was a void for something like this. And um, so we just started down the path. You know, I decided that, um, you know, the all things are possible through God who strengthens me. So I'm going to push forward. And until I hit a brick wall, I'm going to keep going. So, uh, you know, like I said, three years later, uh, which probably could have been a year and a half if I knew what I was doing, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's something that is important for people to note that a lot of times uh, a vision that we get uh, doesn't mean that it's going to happen right away. And I think your persistence uh, with it is, is such a, a testament to you and, and your team there, because I think it'd been easy to hit the eject button at any point. Um, because there were a lot of barriers. Some of it is, is the, the scope of what you were trying to do, of course. But I, I think um, for those listening and trying to consider even the, a vision within their own home and family or neighborhood and community or their vocation, it's important that we take the time um, to let the vision marinate within us and to do the due diligence that's necessary to see it from conception, you know, a thought, to reality. And, and sometimes, you know, as you go through that process, as Andy Stanley says so well in his book, Visioneering, you'll learn, hey, this was just a, a good idea, but this wasn't necessarily a God idea. You know, and there's, there's like this difference of distinguishing. Uh, but as you follow through um, with that process, you start understanding there's some deepening of what's happening within you and then your ability to do it well. And man, you guys have done that. And I think it's so important that we all hear that hey, don't, don't give up just because it's hard and it takes longer than you thought. Go in there expecting, yes, maybe it would have been a year and a half, but you know what? The reality is the size and scope that you guys are doing, I mean, 
Like you're bringing food trucks in, you're bringing vendors, like artists in, you're, you know, you're making your own beers, you know, like you're doing all kinds of different things uh, and, and doing community engagement on top of those, those things as well. Um, and I, I think that's an important lesson, uh, you know, for, for us all to, to just take away is that it's going to take time, but it's worth it on, on the back end of it. And so as you've thought about bringing people together, and I thought you said something really interesting, Jordan, I, and I know you don't want to bore us with a history lesson, uh, but one of the things that you said that, you know, the way that beer is looked at across the world and, and then compared to what it's looked like in the, what it looks like in the United States is vastly different. Can you explain a little bit of what that means? I know you mentioned prohibition, but what, what is the, the major differences that you see? Um, so there's a lot, right? So when I was over in Indonesia, um, beer was healthy. It was one of the few healthy pasteurized beverages they have, mm. you know, so we're drinking it for, because it's safe and it's nutritious, right? Um, I mean, even back in uh, ancient Egypt, it was used as payment for, you know, laborers and stuff, because it was one of the few things that they had that was safe and nutritious. Um, you know, but to dig a little deeper, you know, other cultures use it. Um, I, I've heard it loosely translated to social lubricant, right? Mm. So it people to kind of let down a couple, some of their barriers sometimes, you know what I mean? To feel a little bit more comfortable opening up to people, um, opening up to different ideas, you know, and, you know, some people like to talk, some people like to listen, you know what I mean? And it just provides mm. that opportunity. Um, you know, it's, it's something, uh, like I said, you know, you know, even in Central America and South America, you know, they take fiestas in the middle of the day and they relax and they have drinks together and they focus on uh, mental health and community well-being and stuff like mm. that. It's not just go to the bar at the end of the week and drink as many as you can. It's a, it's a, it's a whole community thing. And, uh, you know, and like I mentioned, a lot of places in the planet have local community breweries that, you know, they, they purchase local ingredients. All the ingredients are purchased from local farms and, uh, you know, all that different stuff. So it's, it's more of like a, a catalyst for community engagement than so much just a, a, a huge conglomerate company with a, you know, a, a whole board of directors and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a lot more personal and a lot more engaging than it is here. Yeah, so I, I would say, I think as we even hear that, I mean, Jordan said something that's really important. I think a lot of times alcohol, whether it's um, the, the conglomerate piece of it, <laughs> the company, like the big companies, um, you know, how can we make as much money as possible, right? It becomes about that. And um, I think the other side is that alcohol can be a place that we turn to to escape. It becomes a vice. It becomes a way we numb out pain. And alcoholism is run, runs very rampant in our culture and this day and age, and especially during this time, because I think people are looking for answers. But I hear you providing a third way, which says, no, I don't think either one of those is the way it should be. Um, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. But the third way is, no, this is, yeah, this is about community coming together. This is about us um, sharing in life together. And there's something about, you know, having, first of all, an environment, uh, which you guys have a great environment. You know, uh, like the aesthetics are awesome. You know, then you have uh, these different floors and different ways for people to engage and connect. And, and yes, you you have beer, of course, because uh, you're a brewery. <laughs> Sometimes brewery, you know. But 
these food trucks do, and all it does is create this environment for conversations. And some are going to, like you said, talk more and listen more because everybody is just wired up different. But the, the goal is to get you around the table. And, and I think more than ever, we need more of that because I, I think we're in a time where we post our opinions and the opinions of other pundits versus um, having in-person conversations. And in-person conversations are actually where we're going to move in us, change us, change the culture and the community that we live in and ultimately the world that we live in. And so to have spaces that are, are doing that are, are so important um, for us uh, to be able to, to really see that take, take shape and take place. So I love that, that there's a third way to look at it, man. And that's, that's incredible. What a, what a vision that you guys had. It's interesting how your military experience even fed into that. And I, I think as we, we look at what Jordan's saying, he talked about three years of a vision of building this thing out. But I think he held on to the why. Why am I doing this? And do you know why you're doing what it is you're doing? I want to encourage us all to be examining this because without that, Without that, when it gets hard, as we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes here with Jordan about COVID, <laughs> it's easy to be like, oh man, I'm done with this. Like, forget this, you know? Um, but also it, it allows you to have a motivation that's greater than just the bottom line because the bottom line is important. We got to pay attention to that. But we, we want to have these drivers and, and we, it's going to benefit us to know our why, of course, but then the why will also indicate how we're going to seek to benefit others not to use them for our, our own benefit, but how we're going to benefit others. And I just love that heart of what you guys are doing and what you're about. So as we think about you starting three weeks in, uh, this thing, this maybe you've heard of it, it's called a, a pandemic. <laughs> uh, COVID-19 uh, took place. And man, I'm sure that was, and I'm, I know even now we're still in it, has not been easy. So I wanted to ask you guys, how have you pivoted through COVID-19? Yeah, so, you know, we've been praised and ridiculed on our uh, <laughs> world that we're, we're living in. Um, you know, we do have, you know, as veterans, you know, we have veteran management, veteran ownership. A lot of our employees are veterans. You know, we have traveled the world and we have seen the best of the best and we've seen the worst of the worst. So, you know, when we saw something like this, um, we almost wanted to use it as a... Uh, a beacon of hope, right? You know, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't stop, you know, anything really. I mean, we, you know, uh, operated within the laws and regulations and uh, adhered to all the, you know, uh, everything that was directed for us. Um, but what we didn't do was kind of curl up in our basement. Um, what we wanted to do is be there for people uh, when they need it the most. It was, this is something that not a lot of people have, uh, any experience with, or even, you know, this pandemic could be, uh, you know, representative of any other chaos or uncertainty in somebody's life. You know, they just don't know how to handle it. They don't know under understand how other humans are handling it. You know, so that's when we started doing things like uh, Pints for Popos, um, which was uh, a little fun name. We came up with it. The local uh, department and firefighters said that, you know, morale was really suffering um, mm. in, in, in their departments. And they said that, you know, a lot of the night shift guys would, would get off work and they would go have breakfast and go have a beer and decompress and talk and, and vent and, you know, learn from each other. And, you know, it wasn't possible anymore. So I allowed them, you know, outside, I would make them some breakfast burritos and give them a free beer that the community 
actually paid forward for them. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was really, really cool seeing them having that outlet. You know, it was nice seeing doctors being able to take the talk to police officers who were talking to EMTs and, you know, seeing like, Hey, how are you guys dealing this with this, uh, emergency? How are, how, you know, what's going on in your world? How can we help you? How can, you know, vice, so, um, it was, it was, uh, you know, we, we had the opportunity to do it, so we had to do it. Um, you know, we uh, then obviously, as you saw, you know, we were working with you guys helping distribute the uh, the MREs that yeah. uh, you got donated. Um, we had food drives that were bringing up to, you know, different uh, shelters in the area. Um, all different things, man. Like, you know, a long time ago, my dad said that, uh, you know, he's also an entrepreneur and I'd like to think that I got all of my positive traits from him. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so he told me that um, you should never try to be the best business in the community. You should try being the best business for the community. And mm. if every if every business like did that, if every business wasn't competing against each other, and if every business was just working to improve the community around them, we'd have a lot less problems in the world. You know, so. You know, I know people don't have to agree with everything we do. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's, it's in our heart to be there uh, in a different capacity than some other places. Um, you know, I think that everyone has different roles and has different uh, backgrounds and skill sets and, you know, different things that they uh, can help in different ways. It's not a, just a, a cookie cutter, one way works all for all humans. You know what I mean? So we were helping as many people as we possibly could while also trying to keep the lights on. <laughs> Yeah. So as I think back to watching and talking with you about what you guys have done, I think it's important to know um, not everybody's going to like what you do. Um, not everybody, you know, is going to celebrate it, but I think to know why you're doing it. And I think even to know, even when you get compliments, that's good and you appreciate that, but there's got to be a deeper part of, Hey, why am I doing it? And I love what your dad said. That is a great line because I do think the question for all of us is, am I trying to be the best business or am I trying to be the best business for the community? You know, like, and I want to make sure I said that right. But you know, as I think about that, am I, am I for uh, the community? Because at the end of the day, we, you know, we've created kind of this idea of, Hey, let's build up our thing versus, Hey, how can we use this thing to build up? others. And obviously there's, you know, it's not a neglect of the financial part, but I think when you do that right and do it well, the finances take care of themselves, you know, because people know that you're for the community, that it's deeper than just, Hey, the, hey how can I, we make more money? How can we just make it about us? And you guys have, have done such a great job, even with us giving out those meals. I mean, that was huge. I mean, we got 4,000 meals and we couldn't do it without community partners like seven sirens. And then people are like, how do you, how are you guys able to do that? I'm like, well, this is how, <laughs> because you know, that's right. That's right. So we want to, we want to make sure that we're able to, to continue to partner um, with others because we can't do it alone. So Jordan, as you think about what you guys are doing and what's going on, um, I know that you're, Tell them, I just want people to get a concept here of how, how you bring in the food trucks. Um, tell them a little bit about the building because I know we've kind of mentioned it a little bit. Can you tell, tell us a little bit about the building and its history and you know what it looks like and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Flatiron building that we're in in South Bethlehem um, is a 7,000 square foot building that back in, dates back to 1890. 
um, it was used as a Bethlehem Steel Company store. Um, hmm. I'm not, I have some pictures from the outside with, you know, horse and carriages out and stuff. So I don't know exactly what it was like on the inside, but I know it was owned by Bethlehem Steel. Um, throughout the decades, it changed a couple different things, including uh, a car dealership, an automotive shop, stuff like that. And uh, most recently for the past, I think, 40 or 50 years, it was a parking garage. So um, it was kind of just dilapidated, starting to come apart, losing value. And um, we saw it as uh, an opportunity to um, reinvest and, uh, you know, revitalize something that had so much historical value and also future value. Um, you know, we wanted to kind of push out um, a couple blocks from where all the rest of the, you know, arts and stuff are going on down the south side. We want to, you know, push out into the community a little bit further. Um, like I said, it's 7,000 square feet. Um, we designed it specifically for community gatherings, right? So we have multiple 20-foot long beer hall tables. So you have to sit next to another group of people. You have to engage with people. Um, we, have, we have no TVs in the entire establishment. You know, we don't just have the all day every day everyone gets enough of that <laughs> you can go and sit down next to someone we have board games you know it was cool we're dog friendly we're kid friendly you know people you know these are all families and uh you know we believe you know that kids are the future of our nation and of our planet you know and you know having them come together and learn how to share and learn how to love and communicate with other people that don't look like them is one of the most important things I can think of. So, uh, you know, we did the whole thing around that. Um, we've got, uh, you know, a 40 foot long bar with plenty of seats right at the front of it. A lot of standing table, large standing tables, again, encouraging more than one group to come together. Um, uh, we have food trucks that actually pull up right alongside of the brewery and you can order food right through a window. So you don't have to leave or anything. It's kind of like its own, mobile kitchen that just pulls up. So any time of the year, any weather, um, you know, we have different food vendors and we're able to have, uh, you know, different companies in all the time. And, uh, you know, we do things like paint and sip. So, you know, you and your significant other, or your kids can come together and, you know, paint at the brewery and do all this kind of stuff. We're, um, we're working on a 4,000 square foot rooftop beer garden. So you can sit outside in the nice weather and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I'm a, a big believer in, in the healing powers of nature and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, lots of greenery, lots of stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot mixed together. You know, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of people always ask me like, Hey, did, have you gone to this place? Have you seen this? this? This reminds me of there. I'm like, yeah, I ripped this idea off of hundreds. Of <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, went, I, loved and I wanted to bring back and I, you know, put it all together. So, it is definitely not a traditional setting for a restaurant or a brewery or anything. It really doesn't fit a whole lot of molds. It's kind of its own thing. And, you know, that's, that's me. And I think that's all of us. And I think that the, you know, people will learn to be more successful when they can embrace their own individuality and try just, you know, following that passion and doing what, you know, they feel led to do. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that's such an important lesson. Be a student all of those around you, those who are already doing it, learn from them and then take the unique part of who you are 
and, and, you know, it's about being the best version of yourself. So then you can be the best for the community, right? Cause it's out of that place. So Jordan, if people are looking to take a step towards this entrepreneurship pathway and journey, I know you had a lot of experiences prior. What would you recommend for them? Like, you know, as they're thinking about, Hey, I want to step into something like this leadership, you know, how would you encourage them in that? So um, one of the best resources that I found um, is actually called a score office, S-C-O-R-E. Most local colleges have a, a score office, which is mm. uh, a run uh, entrepreneurship, small business office that you don't have to be a student of the college. You don't have to even live in the community. You can call them, set up an appointment. They have free seminars on how to do business plans, how to get financing, how to, you know, all these different things. They have free seminars and, you know, they're, they're paid for by tax dollars to help the economy and help small business. So, um, you know, definitely do a lot of research on your own. You know, you know, I, I wouldn't say go there expecting them to hold your hands through opening a business because it does take a lot of work and a lot of, you know, they steer you in the right direction. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I wouldn't even want to own a business if everyone did it for me because it's so much work. I wouldn't be prepared for it when it was open, you mm-hmm. know? So stuff like that, there's, there's a lot of opportunities like that um, to go. And like I said, just uh, utilize the resources around you, um, you know, do the research, uh, you know, utilize the resources and uh, just make sure you know what you're getting yourself into and uh, you know, keep pushing forward. You know, I know it's a lot easier said than done sometimes, you know, for sure. <laughs> Not every day do I want to do this. You know what I mean? But, you know, as you mentioned a few times, like when you know why you're doing what you're doing, how you do it really relevant. How you accomplishment, it's never how you expect it to be in the beginning. So you have to be okay with things not turning out how you expect it to, right? We spent a year and a half at a location in Allentown that didn't work, that we spent thousands and thousands of dollars on permitting and licensing and engineering drawings. And, you know, and as you said, we could have tapped out. We could have said, you know what, that is our brick wall. But, you know, if, if you are passionate about it and you see uh, the potential in something in yourself and, you know, something like this, just keep going. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Jordan, tell, tell, if you don't mind, tell me about the place in Allentown just for a moment. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that? So it was, uh, a similar concept um, as we have in Bethlehem. We were looking at um, a warehouse along the Lehigh River that had about an acre or two of land outside that we wanted to do a nice outdoor beer garden on the river, um, all that kind of stuff. We worked on it, like I said, for about a year and a half. And then when we went, you know, once we finally had all of our ducks in a row with financing and business plans and, you know, everything that we needed to figure out, we went to get it financed and, uh, there was some discrepancies with uh, the appraisal and um, it was just uh, at the end of the day, it just wasn't something that we could make happen uh, without. Um, So, you know, we had to find something else out, you know, it was uh, a decision that, you know, we had to make, you know, we decided that, uh, you know, who knows, we might revisit it in the future, but like I said, it's, it's tough. It's tough knowing, uh, when, when to move forward and when to cut your losses and, and how to stay positive through that. Um, you know, it's, 
you know, getting me choked up just thinking about it. You know what I mean? Because uh, how tough it was, you know, just doing that. And, you know, we were ramping up marketing. We were already starting to, you know, build this community presence. And then we had to figure it out. You know, we were like, what do you do? Do you just go completely blank on marketing and people forget about you? Or, you know, or do you do what we did? And, uh, you know, out of necessity, we kind of pivoted to uh, just showing our journey. We said, hey, this is what happened. And there's a lot of people that invested time, energy, and finances into us and merchandise and different stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we want to show you what we're doing. You know, it's going to take some time. I mean, you can go on our social media and go back years and, and watch the journey with us. You know, we did mm. videos and explained it all because we wanted people to see, hey, this isn't, this isn't just something that happens overnight. You know, a lot of, peop- you know, a, a lot of people who uh, might be a lot more financially fortunate than me, like we didn't, I didn't hold where things were handed to me. I, this was all 100%. You know, my partner and I, we had to use our homes as collateral, you know, for this business. It's, it was a very uh, endeavor, and we took it very, very seriously, and uh, just had to keep pushing forward and keep adapting. That's that's the key, especially to entrepreneurship. You know, you one day you could be doing completely fine, and the next there's a pandemic. So if you're not, it's it's painful. It's painful, but I mean, there are resources all around you. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I think two two main lessons I take from that one is, man, Jordan way to stay with it like tenacity whoo that that just like that's really good because i think sometimes we say hey at all costs i'm going to do something well at all costs if it's not the right thing the right way you shouldn't do it and i i think you even being able to say hey this isn't what we agreed to this is not what we set set out and then too i love how you said this this is so often missed we get so caught up in the how we're going to do something that that distracts us from the why. But when we understand our why, like you said, a how is a bit irrelevant because there's a lot of ways that you could make something happen as we're seeing this play out. And Jordan, I'm just so grateful for the way you guys have let out your heart for people, the community, how you've leveraged this business to bring people together. And so I wanted to ask you this final question. How can people connect with you in Seven Sirens? Absolutely. So we're on uh, all the social media platforms. So if you just search Seven Sirens Brewing Company or Seven Sirens Beer on Facebook, Instagram, uh, we have a large presence online. Um, we have a website, www.sevensirens.beer, not .com. A lot of people have trouble. Um, and uh, I mean, you'll, you'll honestly find a lot of stuff about us in the newspaper and, uh, you know, on the news. You know, like I said, we don't do traditional things and, you know, people like seeing our journey and like seeing how we're operating. Um, but I mean, we are in the community. I, I, I'd be surprised if you could go around the community and not see somebody wearing a seven siren shirt because of how out there in the community we are. So, uh, yeah, no, there's there's a lot of different ways or you're always welcome to just show up at the brewery and say hello and give us give us a big old hug. You know what I mean? Like we, <laughs> we still believe on smiling and, and being there for each other in this time of need. So. Uh, yeah, any any way that people feel comfortable. Well, Jordan, thanks so much for being on the podcast. And thank you for all you're doing. And congratulations again on just a, a long road that's led to um, a lot of goodness for you guys, but also for those involved. So we're grateful for you. And uh, we're, we're um, 
cheering you on in this pandemic season and all that's happening. Thanks for staying with it and sticking with it as well. All right. I appreciate you, Joe. Thanks for joining us for the Vision for the Valley podcast. We'd love to connect with you and to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Vision for the Valley podcast, or you can email us at Vision for the Valley podcast at gmail.com. 